Welcome to episode 76 of Woods in the Word, Getting Coffee. I'm Randall Wood. And I'm Isaac Wood. We are a father-son duo walking through the Bible together in hopes of bringing God's Word to life in your life. Pour a cup of coffee and join us. Isaac, good to see you this uh, frosty November morning. I've got my uh, UK cup in hopes of getting some basketball in here. There it is. And uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Coffee cheers to you this morning. You mentioned the frost. It is real out there. And I guess that's kind of what I'm wearing today. A little frosty yeah, outfit yeah, well, here. That's true. Um, but yeah, enjoying the enjoying the sunshine. Um, waiting for winter. But fall is one of the most beautiful times of year. So we're excited to, to be here. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about something that uh, Jesus himself said he was very excited about. And that is the church. He said, I will build my church. And we are the church, those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going we're gonna to celebrate that we love God's people today. And uh, let me share with you what the Baptist faith and message says about the church as a way of starting, as we have done that in the past with all of these topics. It says a New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, which our church just did this past weekend. It was wonderful. Governed by his laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic processes. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its two scriptural offices are that of pastor, elder, or overseer, and deacon. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor or elder or overseer is limited to men as qualified by the scriptures. The New Testament speaks also of the church as the body of Christ, which includes all of the redeemed of all the ages, Believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Uh, sometimes we call this the church universal in contrast to the local body of believers that you or I might be connected to. So we love God's people. Uh, we're going to dive into a lot of scripture today, but just as you think about that description of the church, what uh, what jumps off the page at you? The corporate nature of it, um, that we spent a lot of time talking about God's personal calling on our individual lives, um, that God has made us each individually unique with individual gifts and talents. Um, and he's got a, a specific calling on each one of our lives. And in fact, the best thing that we can do is figure out what that is and go do it. Right. Um, sure. But, but the God in his infinite wisdom and design created more than one of us <laughs> yes right he can't accomplish he could he doesn't accomplish all of that through just one person uh there, there's many of us that that have different and unique um gifts talents functions services good works that we do that god then supremely knits together to accomplish his ultimate will for all of humanity and all of the earth. And so there's this, it's really the ultimate team game um, being a Christian It is that, that we've been put together, that it's, it's, it's not, 
it's not so much that we are all, I don't look at it as we're all just Christians doing like living the same thing out that we're just doing the same thing together, but that we're dependent on each other to accomplish the, the, the works that God has given us to do that, my strengths help your weaknesses and your strengths help my weaknesses. And then you multiply that by everyone that's in a room or in a group. Um, so it's, it's, there's, there's a beauty to God's design here that, um, and really it's, it's similar to how you look back at first chapters of Genesis as he's creating the world, all of the, the diversity and, uniqueness that he put into the world when combined together creates beauty um and and so that's kind of what as we we're talking about the church that jumped out to me is the corporate nature of it that there's a lot of us <laughs> and yes that's and, intention. and in genesis one you know god establishes the primary unit of civilization as the family and in uh, in Matthew, Jesus comes along and he establishes the church as the family of God. So it's the same idea, but now within the spiritual realm of 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 his people. And so, um, and you know, the church has kind of gotten a bad rap today. There are a lot of people who say, "Oh, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. I don't go to church." Yep. Uh, Pastor John Stott wrote a book called The living church. And he talks, and this was after he had been a pastor of the same church for over, I don't know, 60 years. <laughs> and uh, and so he said, first, I'm assuming that we are all committed to the church. We are not only Christian people, we are also church people. We're not only committed to Christ, we're also committed to the body of Christ. At least I hope so. I trust that none of my readers is that grotesque anomaly and unchurched Christian. The New Testament knows nothing of such a person, for the church lies at the very center of the eternal purpose of God. It is not a divine afterthought. It is not an accident of history. On the contrary, the church is God's new community. For his purpose, conceived in a past eternity, being worked out in history, and to be perfected in a future eternity, is not just to save isolated individuals and so perpetuate our loneliness, but rather to build his church, that is to call out of the world a people for his own glory. Indeed, Christ died for us not only to reform us from all wickedness, but also to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good, according to Titus 2.14. So we love, we love the church. We love God's people because we are the called out ones of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In, in Matthew 16, uh, based on Peter's confession, uh, well, let's just read verse 13 to, to 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, not on the rock of Peter, but on the rock of his confession, because it's a different word, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's building his church. Now that word church in the Greek, it literally means the called out ones. 
And so he has called us out unto himself. He has, he has called the church, not, not a building, but a people who are called by his name uh, and confess him as Lord and Savior. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the rock upon which we are built as his called out ones. That's, that's the unifying statement that unifies God's universal church. Yes. Um, that, that Jesus Christ is God's son um, and that that he's Lord of our lives. And so it's there, there's a lot of, I think part of, you mentioned earlier, the church gets a bad rap today and it, and it can feel like it gets more of a bad rap today than ever. But no, it's always gotten a bad rap and it's right. always earned that bad rap um, Human. from the beginning. I've just the past week or so been spent a little time in Paul's letters to Timothy um, and Paul spends a lot of time in that early first century church, right? Yep. Telling, warning Timothy about all the false teachers in the church. So it's like immediately, right. <laughs> immediately, right. the church was filled with false teachers. And those false teachers then get false theology, but then they they get their factions of the church distracted and, and, and off. And the church has done members of the church have done awful things throughout all of history, just like members of every human group have done all these things throughout right. all of history. Um, and so that's, that's happening today as it was in the first century. Um, but the unifying factor of the church is those that believe in Jesus and who he is. And I, you should be encouraged by the fact that there's always been false teachers because there's nothing new happening today. It hasn't always happened throughout God's church since its creation, as you read about there in Matthew. Um, and so, yeah, there's stuff going on that shouldn't be going on, but we should be unified as a people around Jesus and who he is and take the, the, the things that are going on around us, be aware of them, be warned by, by them in the scriptures so that we can keep an eye out for them, but so that we can carry the mission of the church out and not be distracted by those that are distracted. A absolutely true. And and as the called out was that Jesus said he is building his church. So we take our instructions and directions from him. Uh, but he has called us out and he's called us out for several other purposes that we should think about today. The first of which he's called us out to knit us together. Uh, this word together is so important when you think about church, but also the idea that he knits us together. First Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ, um, and it helps us see our different roles and responsibilities, but it's also this idea that God is putting us together in these local fellowships. He's the one doing it. And so in First Corinthians 12, 18 to 27, um, he's in the middle of talking about this idea of different parts of the body. But he says, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So he's not only called us out, but he's chosen us to be a part of a particular body, and he's knit us together. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Good luck getting to the refrigerator, by the way, head, if that's the way you think. Um, but on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. All that to say, if we go down to verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So yes, there's an, uh, a, an importance to your individual calling and equipping and what God has for you to do, but only if you exercise that in the context of the greater body. You've got to cooperate with the rest of the body. You've got to live together and work together, and he's knitting us together for his purposes in the body of Christ, and it's absolutely beautiful to watch that happen at a local congregation. There's no better example of that body of Christ, the scripture that you just read, than getting older. <laughs> you get older, and your body starts to ache in different spots, and you're like, I did not realize the importance of that little piece of my body until it started to ache. And then I realized that I can't do anything because that thing is in pain. Um, and and it's uh, that's what those verses that you just read were talking about. There's so there's so many little pieces to the body. There's so many little pieces and none of them are more important than the other. They all are crucial to a, um, to the full body operating on its mission. Uh, and that mission, as you mentioned earlier, is straight from God. Um, and, and so to be, you have to do this Christian life. The Christian life is meant to be lived in community. That yeah. community is the body of Christ, but then it's also meant to be lived in the communities around us as a mission, which we'll get to here in a minute, but right. it's meant to be lived around others. Um, so it, I think it, it starts at a personal level of understanding who God has made you to be and being personally plugged into Christ because the health of the church is dependent on those individual Christians being plugged into God themselves. You can't, you cannot experience God and get to know God on a personal level through the corporate level. Does that make sense? Right. Like, so you can't depend on your church being plugged in for you to be plugged in. You There has to be some personal ownership of that. Responsibility, you, absolutely. Yeah, you as an ear and as an eye or as a pinky toe, whatever your role is, you have to be plugged in. You have to be receiving the blood flow right. into you. Um, but it's designed, you're, how God has designed you is designed to fit into a bigger puzzle that's bigger than yourself. It's bigger than just you and just what you're doing. So very true. And, and again, he's knitting us together with purpose. And that purpose is to build us up. He's maturing us. He's developing us corporately and individually, but he does it together to really be the body of Christ and, and to mature us as believers. Ephesians chapter four is the classic passage on that. Um, and, and I like to read verses 11 through 16 and listen, listen for what happens if we get this right. If the equipping of the saints and, and the work of the ministry happen, there's a whole lot of amazing, wonderful things that happen to us and through us into the world. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, 
to the me measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he's growing us together in Christ-likeness. That's the purpose of the church. So that, verse 14, we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. You talked about the false teachers all around us. They can lead us astray if we're not being matured and developed. Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This passage tells us that you are necessary and important in the body of Christ. You are needed to help build the, the building, to build up the body and develop it to maturity and unity and, and impact for the kingdom of God. And it all works together. Yes. And together. it all works together. It all works together. If you're plugged in, if you're plugged in and you mentioned earlier, there's it's, it's almost like a fad nowadays um, to be like that solo Christian. I don't go to church or, you know, one of the the challenging parts now coming out of the quarantine season is that, that people are the ability to just check in from a cabin or from vacation and just watch online and not to actually be plugged in physically with the people of God that that is the body. You can't be a pinky toe that's in a different room from the rest of the body. It doesn't right? work. The, yeah. the, the body struggles if all of its members aren't working together. And so there, there's so many in the world, there's so many avenues and distractions and reasons to not be at church and not be plugged in. This is when we have to fight for you as an individual Christian have to fight for God's will in your life to be plugged into a church. Be there. Find one. Is it going to be perfect? No. But that's where the will of God is going to get played out in that church through you, but also in you through that church. The other people that are there are there to grow you so that you become more like Christ. That's what this that yes. passage you just read in Ephesians 4 says. The goal here is that we would all, we talked about, uh, was that last week, um, the, the sanctification process of us. That we are being saved, that we are we are being changed. How does that to be more like Christ? How that happens is through God's people, through us uh, investing in each other, through us serving each other, through us loving each other, both giving and receiving. That's how then we in, we grow and we become more like Christ through others. Um, Absolutely. It's just the way it's the way it is. It's the way God designed it to be. And so that should be the way that we pursue. Right. Because it will be the best possible impact in our lives and through our lives and to the lives of the other people in your local congregation, because they need you and your unique contribution. Uh, it's interesting. There's a book that I'm reading called Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. It's written by a couple of pastors who spent a lot of time in the Middle East and working with uh, uh, Asian Christians. And so they they understand that, uh, you know, our Western view of the Scripture is not ever, not always accurate. But they, they ask the question in that book, why go to church? 
Why worship with a group? Because in some way we may not fully understand the spirit indwells the group in a way the spirit does not indwell the individual. And we experienced this last Sunday at my church in the midst of our worship service. It's like the spirit brought us all together around the words of this one song that we were singing as the praise team led us. And we were just all carried into a moment of worship by the spirit of God because we were there together singing that song in that moment, you could feel it in the room. Um, and that was exactly what he's talking about here. The spirit was indwelling the group. Uh, in the book, they go on to say, we are built together to become one whole building, a single dwelling of his spirit. Like it or not, we need each other. <laughs> so if friends, if you're not- and that's a, the, pro the problem is we don't like that. <laughs> we, we don't, don't like, like it. it. You're right. Like we it or not, like it. we don't like it because we're yeah. so individualistic, especially in our Western culture, yep. that we think we can just live the Christian life apart from anybody else. And we're missing it if that's true. So friends, get into a church, get connected, um, get uh, knit, knit together with some other folks built up as the body of Christ, because uh, he has another work for us to do. That's why he's called us out and knit us together and built us up. And that's so he could send us out, send us out to reach more people who can come into the body and experience this. Uh, we'll talk more about this sending out next week, because we're going to talk about how we love the mission of God, which is to go out and reach more people with the gospel. But in John 17, as Jesus prayed, he talked about this idea of sending. Let's read uh, John 17, uh, 14 through 19, and we'll save most of this for next week, but it's important to, to fit it in here. He, As he's praying right before they come to arrest him and take him to the cross, I have given them your word, talking about his disciples. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. So Jesus, as the sent one from the Father in heaven, sends us. And he gave us this great commission in each of the Gospels. Um, but we're to we're to go with this message. We're to be in the world, not of the world. But that's where you get new believers is by going out into the world and sharing with them the message of hope and allowing God through your witness to call them out as a part of the body of Christ. Your life has to be done in the church. <laughs> like it's just that's we that's sound like God. a broken record because we are that's. God's plan. And it's so, so, so good for you. So good for you that you would be surrounded by fellow Christians, that you as a man would have fellow Christian men that you can grow and learn with as a, as a wife and mother, that you would have fellow Christian wives and mothers that are there to, to grow and support you, um, to provide help when you're in need, that your children would grow up around other children that are being taught God's principles, that are having sown into their hearts the love of Christ, that 
you're learning ways you're giving being given ways to serve a community yes. to show god's love to those around you that you have plenty of opportunities to yourself dig into god's word and learn about the scriptures and who god is and how god has impacted history and his call on the church and how he's created you that you would have opportunities to disciple yourself that you would have opportunities to disciple others that all of this happens in the church that depending on your church, you get to eat really good food at every <laughs> single one of these in, events. Um, but that the, the, it's the, the place that God has designed for you to grow, for you to learn who he created you to be, but also for you to impact others in the church to grow and disciple. But then ultimately, as we will get to next week, there is a mission there where those that are growing in the body of Christ are affecting those outside with the hope and goal that they would come to a saving knowledge of Christ themselves. That's God's mission is that everyone would, would know about him, that everyone would trust and follow him. And those of us that trust him need to be following him. And where he is calling you today is to be a part of a church, uh, to be a part of God's body, to be plugged into God's body so that he can work through you in that environment. And, and a wonderful example of that is what was happening with the early church in Acts chapter 2, just after Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed. Uh, it talks about what they were doing together at the end of Acts chapter 2. And verse 46 says, And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So the church was being the church. They were being knit together and they were being built up. And as a result of that, their influence in the community was drawing people and God was calling out more people. And it was a daily ongoing adventure of living for Christ and living together and being the church that was winning more people to Christ through the church. And they were eating at every single one. And of them. every time you <laughs> find them, they're having a meal. That's, very, that's great. First church bad. meetings. That's there was right. a meal. There was a casserole at every single one of them. Exactly. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, and uh, so last, last point, and this is what we have to look forward to as the church. But again, even in this, you've got to pay attention to the importance of the word together. But one day, we will not only be the called out ones, the knit together ones, the uh, built up ones, and the sent out ones, but one day we will be the caught up ones in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together 
not going up one by one, not going up individually, but we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You're going to spend eternity with these people, so you might as well start to figure out who you want to live next to. Exactly. Get to get <laughs> to it now. Be around, be right. around and get to know your neighbors. Because um, right. eternity is a long time, and we're going to be together with them forever, so you might as well get started. Right. I just love that phrase that they're caught up together with them. Yeah. With the saints who've died and gone on before us, their spirits are up in heaven. Their bodies are down here on earth. One day they're going to meet together and, and be reunited. But we, if we're still alive, we'll be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. And then we will always be with the Lord together. So hallelujah. That's what we have to look forward to as the church is being caught up together to meet the Lord. And we can be, that's the idea of church today is that you're with the Lord today. Like that, Absolutely. we don't have to wait, we don't have to wait for heaven for that. Like the eternal life starts today and eternal life is with the Lord. We all, if you're with a Christian, we all have Christ in us. So we can right. be with the Lord together today. And that is his design that we would, we would all be with the Lord together today. And there's this wonderful, beautiful picture in Revelation 7, 9, where, where people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation are together around the throne, worshiping the Lamb, giving Him praise, honor, and glory. That's what we have to look forward to, is, a, is worshiping together with the global body of Christ. There won't be anybody missing. They'll all be there, uh, and uh, it will be glorious and beautiful. So we're practicing for that here on earth. And we do that through the church, the body of Christ. That's why we love the people of God. So get to church, my friends. Be the church where you are. And, uh, and as you have opportunity to travel around the world, experience the greater body of Christ. That's a special joy as well. So God bless you as you be the church where you are. Amen.